Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's I'm Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, Lavender Gooms. Switching it up. Hey, Bobby. Hey. Also with me this week, DJ Mark. What's up? You guys have a nice weekend? I had a yeah. feeling you were going to switch it up and send it to me as well, so I was ready to unmute. You're right. on it. Good job, Mike. <laughs> Way to go, Mike. You guys enjoy your weekend, though? Thank you. Yeah, I did. It went by fast. Um, probably helped I didn't watch the Super Bowl, so I had that big block of time that you guys probably didn't. Um, I honestly don't even know who won that game. I never looked it up, didn't hear. So the, that was fun. No, yeah. I had a good weekend. It was very relaxing, but they go by so fucking fast. Spend much of that Super Bowl making unlike, chicken wings. <laughs> unlike Mark, I watched the Super Bowl, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, except for the fact that Tom Brady won a seventh Super Bowl ring. So that was most of the even game. Even when he's not winning. with the Patriots, even when he's not with the Patriots, he's tormenting this Jets fan. I mean, maybe he's just that good of a player, right? It's not about the team. It's just about that man. He does he does the team sport all by himself. That's the Mike. Don't I'm don't hate the, don't hate the player, Mike. Hate the game. And Were God. there any good commercials? I saw the Winter Soldier trailer. That's all I really cared about. Was that different? Have any, any chuckles? Was that even different? The Winter Soldier one. It was new. I oh, haven't seen that. I thought it was slightly better than the first. I, I, I'm just ready like, for okay, the show at this excited. point. Yeah, I'm just ready for the show at this point. To be honest, it's going to be soon. Um, five, about a month. five weeks. I mm-hmm. don't remember any of the commercials, to be honest. Yeah. I remember the Uber Eats commercial that oh. had Cardi B, Dana Carvey, and Mike Myers. And all I can think of is, aren't the, the Uber Eats people like asking for benefits or something? And they're out here having these A-list celebrities uh, advertise? I think Dana Carvey's pretty. Ex- money. I think Dana Carvey's pretty excited. You call him an A-list celebrity there, Mike. <laughs> That's true. You should earn him in. Yeah. Um, I think there was, I saw the one, oh, now I lost my train of thought. I saw the Reddit one. That was like five seconds. That was. That See, was... this is what I'm finding most interesting is that who's advertising? Uber Eats, Reddit, oh, Rob, Robin Hood, players. Robin Hood uh, advertised. I was like, and in my head immediately, I'm like, I am shorting the fuck out of this stock when it comes out. Me and everybody else. <laughs> the, uh, the only way that Robin Hood commercial could have been pr- effective for them to actually garner a business for them is if we entered a futurama-esque universe and they had the hypnotoad come on for 30 seconds to convince us to buy robin hood stock yeah they're getting sued some kid killed himself because their app was messed up and said he owed them seven hundred forty thousand dollars. damn yeah Oof. yes his parents are not happy obviously um i've had pa- i've had panic attacks about my student loans and it is not seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know what, man? I, I think when you owe that much money, and this is speaking from experience, but you just be like, "Well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> let them come and get it." Like, yeah, good luck collecting, yeah. buddy. What does it say? Like, uh, if you owe the bank, if you owe the bank, uh, was it a thousand dollars? You have a problem. If if you owe the bank a million dollars, the bank has a problem. I and mean, there are bigger numbers than that, but basically, that's once true. you reach yes. a number, you know that's that the gets problem. The point across. Yeah. 
Um, all right, boys and girls, we're going to talk real quickly about this card that happened this past, past Saturday. I say real quickly because I think everybody in this podcast only saw the top two or so fights. Actually, I can't speak for Mike. I tuned in somewhere around Guida and uh, in the middle of Guida and um, Michael Johnson. Um, was that Ma- a filler card? Was that a? Because I don't think we didn't talk about it. We last lost week. Was that the even fight. on the card. Yeah, we lost a fight. Uh, we lost okay. the Cody's demand fight. Right, then the one his, we picked. Yeah, then his right. replacement also couldn't make it. There's some guy to take the fight in like four, four days' notice couldn't do the fight. So right. um, ended up getting yanked, and they're like, "Hey, people know these two guys. Let's put them on the main card." Yeah, not, um, not, not bad. And hey, great for Clay too. Yeah, big win for my guy Benil Dariush though on the undercard. I heard it was a pretty good scrap yeah. actually. I, that, that's what they were saying. I right? did not watch it. It was fight of the night, so I, people were saying okay, it was a good fight. Cool. The main and co-main event really provided some excitement. Um, Mark, I joined you on Team Alistar. I know. I didn't and like let, that. And let me tell you, about thirty seconds in, I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's real big. And for some reason in my head, I'm just like. We never saw Alistair versus Sammy Shilton K1, but I'm like, this guy's not anywhere near as good as Sammy at kickboxing, and he's fucking up Alistair's world. Um, no, but was... you could look at other tall fighters from K1 that he did well. He he did very well against Peter Arts. He, he kind of had that guy's kryptonite, who's also very tall and lengthy. Um, the fight itself, it it really reminded me a lot of Alistair and Nuganu, where it just <laughs> didn't look like there was a lot of a game plan there besides winging big punches. I thought it was interesting that Alistar constantly wanted to be the opposite position that his opponent was. So he was fighting in Southpaw for most of the fight. And even when um, Alex would switch stance and, and he would be in Southpaw, he would then go orthodox. It was weird that he always wanted that lineup for the um, the stand-up. And it seemed like his whole game plan was to get that foot on the outside and throw big looping left hands. And, you know, to, to some degree it worked. You know, he did land a few of them. But I think once Alex kind of got the beat on that. He was able to use his, you know, superior straight straight punches to kind of beat him to the punch. And honestly, it just it looked a lot a lot like Alistair kind of flailing around there, a lot like he did against Nuganu, where he was kind of a and in that fight he was afraid about the punch. And in this one, it just seemed like he didn't have a great game plan. He obviously wanted to use that punch to get in the clinch because he's really strong there, but he couldn't get him there. He couldn't get it to the ground. His output was, you know, abysmal. There was very few strikes coming out his way. He was reacting most of the time, which was, you know, a lot of times just Alexander just getting off first with, you know, very quick straight punches. And, you know, I think at this point, you know, at age 40 with all of the, you know, I think a lot of times we, we look at Alistair and we talk about his chin and I've always argued that it, he has a decent chin because the light switch doesn't go off a ton. It's usually when he gets rocked really bad and he has a bad time getting out of those situations. And then the light switch goes off. Um, But now we're starting to see like, his facial structure, it just it, it isn't as tough as it used to be. He's getting marked up really easy. Mm-hmm. He broke his nose quickly in this fight. He was bleeding quite profusely. Um and you know, it, to, to Alexander's credit, you know, he played a very smart game plan. He he stayed on the outside. He didn't let Overeem engage in areas where he was strong against the against the cage. He was basically in the center of the octagon the whole fight, having Alistair back up. He could faint his way into Alistar getting backed up against the cage, which his whole career, ever since he's gotten into the UFC, he's had a horrible habit of once he gets his back up against that cage, just covering up and letting guys kind of tee off on him. And, you know, to, to his credit, he does a decent job sometimes covering up and negating some of that damage. But it's just a matter of time before someone's going to loop the hands around on the hooks and, and find those spots and split the guard. And that's what Alex Alex started doing. 
Um, and, and mostly for me, for Reem, it's just like the output wasn't there. The variety of strikes has really gone, and we've seen this in a lot. I of I mean, I think fighters. the believe the dream that this was going to be one last run for a title. I mean, I think that might have been. You know, we we kind of put a stop to it right there. I think I would hope so. But I was, I mean, I, like I said, I never really watched the fights after the fact, and I was kind of surprised I he didn't put the rings in the octagon and kind of say like, "That's it, you know, this was my last run." And listening to DC and Ariel, DC seems to think Alistair is going to fight again, and I kind of think he will too. I think, I yeah, I, I think Alistair is going to fight, kind of keep fighting. Alistair yeah, is one I of those think guys. until his contract comes up, and then they they if I mean, they, if they nothing, cut him, nothing in his uh. Nothing in his language and what he said after the fight indicates that he's going to hang him up. Yeah, did, no. did they talk to him after? He put out a statement about like okay, he's going to okay, spend time okay. with his family. Then he'll be back in the gym. Yeah, um, this is, is not... th- these top two fights. Honestly, was a real like, hey man, we, we got a bit of a passing of the guard happening here. Um, big win for Alexander Mike. Um, big big win. Seven and two in the UFC now. His losses, most recent one, he lost uh, to Curtis Blades, which we know what happens when you lose to Curtis Blades. And it took five rounds, so we know what yep. happened for five rounds in that fight. Um, before that, his previous loss was Derek Lewis, a fight that he was winning um, up until yeah, he got um, a grenade, second. you know, explode uh, on his face at the end of the fight. A fight that a fight that he was winning the first fourteen and a half minutes of the fight until Derek Lewis just uncorked. He lost uh, with eleven seconds the, left. Wow, eleven seconds. He had it, man. He was about to win three to three rounds, probably. I think it was, was going to be thirty to twenty-seven. Yeah, easy. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, he's. It's time for him to get a like. Let's get him. I'm not. I was going to say it's time for him to get somebody serious, but he's fought serious people, and it hasn't gone well necessarily. I mean, what do you think? What do we? What do we do with him now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Al- Alistair is a serious person. Um, not to to denigrate um Alistair Overeem. I picked against him in this fight. Um. But Alistar is a, a top heavyweight, um, top five. Yeah, look yeah, at that. He was number five. So Volkov was number six going into this one. After that, there's not many other opponents. I that like the idea, Mike. I like the idea of him fighting the winner. They booked this fight for a couple weeks from now. I think it was Biggie Boy versus uh, Cyril Gane, which is number three versus number seven. The winner of that fighting him makes a lot of sense to me. What do you think? You think so, Mike? I think so, and I think mainly just through process of elimination because obviously John Jones isn't going to fight him um, at this point. John Jones just wants to fight either big fights or a fight for the title, and Volkov is is not that. Uh, Stipe is going to fight Ngannou, and I think whoever loses that fight, they're not going to want to fight Volkov. Um, there's not exactly enough name recognition, I think, for either of them. So, yeah. I think it has to. I think it'll likely be Biggie Boy who he fights in his next fight. Yeah, Volkov is 32 years old. He's got 41 career fights, but he really, he's really coming into his own here. It looks like recently, really put it together well on his feet in that one. Um, and he's, you know, he's six foot seven. He's a that's a that's a full heavyweight. I mean, as as we like to joke around with heavyweights, uh, they don't enter their prime until their late 30s. Mm. So if anything, Volkov is ahead of the curve. Yeah, I think DC made a nice point when I was listening to the him and Ariel that um I guess Alexander didn't I mean in this fight he came in at two sixty five but he usually comes in at two forty five and he said that you know he he could tell uh, he's carrying a lot more weight you know in the lower body where that power generates and I mean look at there wasn't I mean we've definitely seen Alistair get rocked worse right where we've mm-hmm. basically seen the eyes roll back in the head or where he gets cracked really hard 
and it wasn't like those powers. So I, I don't want to. I don't want like Alex Alexander has like this newfound power, but his punches have a lot more sting. A bit more sting. I think you saw you know? that with his face. A bit, yeah. a bit more it, sting. It may on not those. be like the big stopping power. He's not. He's not Francis Nagano here. He's not going to just. Get, he's going to one shot you just yet. But it, the accumulation, you know, when you can put a little bit more meat on those straight punches, you know, you saw it on his face, you know, and. I want to give big ups to uh, was it? I think it was Herzog. Oh, right? I love Jason Herzog. Oh, I, I was going to do was, it if you didn't do it. That's it was the perfect time to stop that fight. I mean, because it was it was a punch where Alistair went down, but it wasn't like he went down because like he just ate so much shit at that point. It wasn't like the most hard shot. It was just a good clean shot, and he kind of stumbled a little bit. And other fighters might have given Alistair, you know, the benefit of the doubt and let him take a oh, few yeah, Tan more. Dan, Tan Dan would have let Alistair take at least five yeah, punches. Yeah, but Herzog knew, like, this fight's <laughs> over, dude. This guy's got nothing left in the tank. And so he, he did the right call. And and Alexander knew it, too. Um, And, you know, nothing but a gentleman after the fight. You, you can see back. it in that fight. And we'll talk about um our guy Sandhagen in a second here, where he just looks sad when he was getting his hand raised after what he did to Frankie Edgar. You know, these guys are both legends. Alistair's a legend. Frankie's a legend. You don't need to, you know, they're competitors here. There was no ill will um yeah alistair's gonna be back i'm sure you know let's get Sadly. him i mean if he wants to keep fighting he's gonna keep fighting <clears throat> i'm thinking maybe they can book him and uh i don't know he's fought everybody i mean we're kind of talking as if alistair is washed i mean you just mentioned a little earlier he was a top five ranked heavyweight in the ufc yeah, I'm not sure that speaks more to Alistair as much as the heavyweight division right now. Man. Yeah, like this fight. Hey, he's top gonna, five is top five is top five. Man, you can he's get old fast. Lose, you can get old. He's remember? not going to lose credibility in the rankings with this loss, right? Because he lost to the sixth guy. But it's just like, I think in our minds, and even in my mind, as a big Alistair fan that always picks form, it's just like, this was a really bad outing. He's had some bad outings. Like I mentioned Numerous times that Nuganu fight was a really bad showing. This was about as bad as that, where and he just seemed like he didn't have a plan. And Mark doesn't pull the trigger on this guy should retire very often. And I mean, we're at like 60, 70 fights. And um, it's, yeah, and it's like, you know, if he wants to be like, this is, I'm giving it one more run. Look, if you need the money, you need the money. But like, you know. Well, you, I, I think that's the other, that's another flip of the coin here is that like Alistar is definitely a guy where I never saw a plan B really formulating. He was always going to get his nugget through price fighting. And he has been getting paid, have though. Because I, I don't see him as a, I don't see him as a, as a trainer, really. I mean, what, and what is he going to, he's not, he's not analysis type of guy, you know, his, it's like, what is he going to do after, after fighting? I really don't know what, what Japanese game B shows, is. punching people. Yo, <laughs> go in Japan, you know, Bob maybe. I, mean, life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, Look, that, I mean, I'm I don't, sure he I has don't, enough money to, to. I've seen Alistair get knocked out in my head. I can I can think at least 10 times he's gotten knocked out memorably in my life. And that's too many. I, I mean, the thing is, I mean, love him or hate him, you know, all his fights are fun. Because oh, yeah. They, mm -hmm. they usually never go the distance. Someone's getting knocked. And if it's him, it's in spectacular fashion. If he's winning, it's usually, you know, it's pretty spectacular, too. So that's, that's why he's a fan favorite. But at this point, the title's out of reach. And he should hang it up. He's, he's I mean, he can go to Bellator if he wants. They, they got he a could, title for could, him. I mean, he absolutely one, still has. He can go to one. They don't drug test anybody at one if yeah, he wants to do his thing. Has, I mean, he still has credibility as a name. But it's just like at this point, it's like if you're not going to get the UFC gold. Do, do they have a heavyweight title in... Uh... What's the name? At the, one? The Ryzen and Ryzen. I'm not sure about Ryzen. I know one did because Brandon Vera was their champion. Oh come on, Brandon Vera is the size of a house too. Now well, I, don't I don't know where he's up. They still Krokop fought in Ryzen. And yeah, I think he fought at he beat King Mo. That was like a tournament or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Um, all right, we'll see. Co-main event though. Man, I mean, a man went out there, folks, and tried to win knockout of the year in February. Is basically what happened. Um, 
Corey Sandhagen, the number two ranked featherweight, uh, bantamweight, took on Frankie Edgar, the number five, ra- four ranked fed, uh, bantamweight. I'm messing up this weight class entirely. Bantamweight, two and four. Um, Mike, when we were watching, I said V trigger, but upon further reflection, he hit him with a tiger knee, Saget style. 25 seconds so into the sad. fight, 25 seconds into the fight, Corey Sandhagen jumped up, kneed Frankie Edgar right in the face. Frankie Edgar was unconscious before he hit the mat. Toes curled. They did not show him for a while. Um, Toes curled. His his arm, if you noticed, was at a perfect 90-degree angle. Mm. All right? This man was stiffened the fuck up. I mean... All right? There are times when you, when fighters will do the walkaway KO, and they're just trying to look cool. And then there's times where the dude does the walkaway KO because he knows that dude is in fucking Mercury right now. That and was that was a Edgar. That was a beautiful flying knee. And Mark, it, it honestly, I'm, I'm when it was over, I'm like looking it up. I'm like, in his last fight, he wheel kicked or he spinning kicked Marlon mm-hmm. and finished him. Also, at the end of it, I'm just like, man, how good is Aljamain Sterling that he beat Corey Sandhagen in a minute? Honestly, that's what I came out of this with because, like, yeah, wow. I mean, it's making you know sometimes revisionary history. You know that 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 win was already impressive because we knew how you know tough uh, Sanhagen was, but now you know after he's demolished these other two people, it does make that that win even more memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean we, we've known for a while that Sanhagen's legit. You know, even before the um, Sterling fight, you know he had all the makings of of a star. You know, just just the way he strikes, just the way he's able to switch um, from southpaw to to orthodox stance, and his striking is just so fluid. Um, you know, Al. Aljamain definitely kind of exposed him. You know, he took him to the ground, submitted him really fast. And now Sterling's getting that shot against Peter Yan in a couple weeks here. And Corey's man, right there. You and know, man, and if Aljo wins, Mark. And Mark, if Aljo wins, because mm-hmm. he said, Corey said, he says, I owe Aljo a nap. And I'm like, man, he just choked you out. Like, just, I mean, last June. Do you think that was enough? Uh, I, I mean, he definitely, I think, deserves it. This is two wins after that one for basically what was number one contender's fight, and he's ended them both spectacularly, so I think it's a hard argument to make that he doesn't deserve that fight. But part of me is pulling for Peter Jan just because that is a fresh matchup. matchup. If he has to fight Sterling again, it's like it's been, it would have been probably if they do match up again, if, if Sterling wins the belt, it'd probably be around June, so it would have been just about a year, and it's hard when, when a fight has happened that you know, when you're getting a rematch that quickly, but he's kind of done enough where it's like maybe he could do something I mean, he different. Killed the, totally he sure. killed the uh, top contenders. Those are the top contenders right now. Unless he's going to go knock out Cody. Unless he's going to go knock out Cody Garbrandt, who's although. Hmm. I I gotta ask you guys a question though, um, and I brought this up to Bobby on Saturday as well, where I think there's two sides to a very very quick finish, right? where you can sometimes attribute that to you just got caught that day. That might not necessarily mean that you were just dominated in the fight. It could just mean, you know, like maybe you got hit in the back of your head and your equilibrium was off and you got finished very quickly or you got, you know, all three bars of your turbo, you know, hit right on your fucking head, you know, when you got need like Sanhagen did to to Frankie Edgar. So, I think you could possibly, if Alderman were to win the title, have Sandhagen and Sterling and market it this way. This dude just knocked this guy out. Like, look how fucking fabulous that was. And yeah, yeah, he got beat in a minute. But like, you know, these things happen in MMA sometimes. But how exciting is this fight going to be? We got two fucking murderers in here. Man, Bantamweight's fun. 
I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a good argument, Mike. I mean, then there's the argument of like, what's Frankie got left? But Frankie, Frankie just beat for Pedro Munoz. And Pedro Munoz, we're going to talk about him later. Pedro Munoz is legit. That was a legit win for Frankie Edgar. And that was his first move into 35, too, yeah. which a lot of people think is his natural weight class. So, I mean, I mean I'm just going to say it now, Mark. I want Dominic Cruz versus Frankie Edgar before we all call it a day. Like, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. He needs to fight. And I mean, and I guess. Well, like, he's got to fight with somebody that nobody knows. But after that. Right. That but maybe this is. Yeah, because he does have one coming up. You're right. Um, but maybe this is also something that we're going to lead into because I, I didn't really hear it after the fight because I don't watch the interviews or anything. But I guess he's calling out TJ. And TJ and Corey would be fantastic too. And obviously, because I think I think the thing with Corey is if he does have to fight Sterling, he does need to, like Mike said, kind of change the narrative a little bit off of the "I just lost this guy in a minute" to "I've been killing people ever since then." And if he gets through TJ, you know, which which I think is like not the worst call out because this guy's going to be what two years, Bobby? Yes. Well, okay, I'm, I'm going to say it here, um, and I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm not a high horse. I'm not on some high horse here, but. Does TJ deserve to be that close to the title right now? No, after, like, no, okay. he does not. Because okay, if you let me didn't let me, say let me, it. I was going to say. Let it. me just say because a lot of guys get caught or whatever, and you know you have your reasons or whatever. But this man, like, he was. When you take EPO, I don't think this was like split this way. This wasn't the first fight. I'm just putting that out. I don't know. I I would not feel totally comfortable if TJ Dillashaw is one fight away from a title shot because. What I mean, I guess he did. I mean, Mark, you, I mean, you you care less about the. I mean, you, I know you care less about steroids, but this is he cheated. Whatever the form of cheating it was, he cheated. Um, do you think it was enough that he had two years of his career taken away? Do you think he's one fight one fight away from titles? Fair. I mean, honest opinion. Do you think that's enough? Uh, I mean, for me personally, putting I, aside I, your view on steroids, just cheating and cheating. I was I was kind of surprised that so many people are so interested in fighting TJ. Like in the last couple of months, since I guess he's getting closer to coming back. Like a lot of people are calling him out. And I'm kind of like. Why even? Yeah, I, I I would assume he would need a tune-up fight uh, and stuff. So like, I personally, this was not like this isn't me saying like, oh, I want to see TJ jump right in there and fight Corey. I think that I like I think Corey called him out. Oh, Rob Font was the other one, right? Who oh yeah, Rob totally in that mix too. I think he called him right, didn't he? Didn't TJ, he called I, him I, I think you're right. I think that's the first time, and I was kind of yeah. like, that's I didn't expect to hear TJ, but and I never, I guess he was kind of basically. What again? Going back, I, I watched a couple clips from from uh, DC and Ariel. DC is playing up TJ. He's basically saying like, "Who's in thirty five that has like a name that people care about?" There's only one person, and then Ariel's naming off like Jose Aldo. Who? And he's like TJ, and I was like, "Okay, I didn't see that one coming." What's the? I mean, no, if, he kind of dragged his name through the mud. What is the name like at this point? I mean, he was great. He was a great champion. It was awesome yeah, fights, I mean, but. It, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I didn't really think he'd be jumping right in, but I, I guess this is more Corey Sanhagen wanting that fight, and you know, for whatever reason, he, I think there's like I, some I beef there. Thinks... They used to train or something. I'm not totally sure, um, but I think that's well, an he, interesting he... fight if he doesn't want to wait to see who's going to win this fight. I think that's a good, fun, challenging fight. But I think, like you said, Rob Font would also be kind of interesting too. I don't think they fought right. He's Corey from, uh, well, see, Sanhagen's from uh, Colorado, and he did train at Elevation or still trains at Elevation. I don't know where. Does TJ just train with Bang now? Is that it? What does TJ do? I, I, I don't. You has anybody seen TJ was even training? I didn't. I don't even know. know. Someone I saw TJ at an interview like a few months ago where he called everybody a bunch of names, and I'm like, man, I wouldn't say anything right now if I was you. Um, I I believe he splits his time between, I think, his own gym in Southern California, mm -hmm. and I thought we were in Colorado. Um, that was when Bang was no, there. no, no, and, oh, yeah. and and with uh, I think 
in Colorado. Because I don't think uh, Bang is part of Elevation. Maybe a year ago. I don't think Bang is part of Elevation anymore, though. Yeah, it's not like Elevation's been doing great. I guess Overeem was there too, and it's like I didn't see. No, much Elevation. Team, Elevation's but... got some guys. I thought. I thought Elevation yeah, has. Some, but it's not like. Don't they have it's... Rose? Yeah. Is that, is that where Trevor Whitmer? Uh, yeah. Where's, that's... where's Trevor Whitman? That's it's... what I'm basically saying. At <laughs> like, where's Trevor? Yeah, because Whitman Whitman's with Rose. Rose. I don't think he's at Evo... Evolution. That's no, Elevation. Where <laughs> you are. I mean, whatever. Okay, honestly, I think I like I like the I think Sandhagen might have done that also because Sandhagen's like I may not have I may not get a shot if it's Aljo. If it's Peter Yan, you give him a shot. Um, I did like Peter Yan saying that like you know it was a nice win, but Frank Edgar's passed his prime, and I'm like, you won the belt off of Aldo who lost his fight before this. Like, I'm not sure what credibility you have here right now, man, <laughs> to diminish Sandhagen's win. Like that was. Anyway, um, I'm excited for 135 though. Honestly, Mark, right now they got uh, there's some people, there's enough bodies out there, make it interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's a division that's really kind of sparked. You got 135, up you got 125. Things are happening. They're little by little. getting revised. We got and they to the point. We got some killers in here, man. Um, yeah, Frankie Edgar. Um, I think Frankie Edgar fighting top five guys needs to stop. Um, the chin's starting to go. Uh, we saw it when he lost to Ortega a couple years ago. Zombie smoked him. He got knee to oblivion in this fight. This is a guy who at 155, Gray Mater beat his ass up and down for, you know, entire first round, possibly a 10-7, and he still won that fight. Frankie's chin and toughness were, you know, fucking anything you could ask for. And he's still tough as hell. God bless him. I don't need, I don't think Frankie needs to be fighting for, I think Frankie, if he was going to do the make the move to this weight class, needed to happen years ago. He's older. He won that title 10 years ago when he won the lightweight title. I think we're done with Frankie being champion in these weight. These weight classes is tough to be champion when you're older. What do you think, Mike? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long ago was that Frankie uh, Maynard fight? That had to have been, what, a decade ago? I think we were still in, mm. were we still in law school when that fight happened. Uh, look. Any fighter, I mean, unless you're Floyd Mayweather, you know, in boxing, or you're someone who just did not take a lot of punishment in your career, when you start getting into your mid and late 30s, I mean, it's it's just natural that you're not going to be able to take a hit like how you used to when you were a sturdy 21-year-old. Uh, then you add on top of that that he's not fighting at 155, he's fighting at 135, where, yeah, it's probably, quote-unquote, is more natural weight class, but he still has to go through a lot of dehydration as well, which will affect your chin. And look, man, Father Time is undefeated. So, what, what, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? We were watching <laughs> this thing. <laughs> MMA is a cruel bitch. MMA is a cruel MMA bitch. A cruel bitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One day it just goes all at once. And you know, I mean, Marcus Frankie, nope. Hall of Famer, fifteen times over. Man, he's had a great career. Does anything you're going to ask him to do? UFC is never going. I don't think he's one of the guys UFC would cut. Frankie also, I don't think he'd be a guy to stick around too long past he needs to. But it's time to start winding it down, I think. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, for a long time, these divisions kind of needed him. And that's why he just kept getting so many title shots. Is this, we didn't have this influx of kind of new blood that was really earning their shots, right? He was he was able to lose a fight and still be like, let's have him fight again for a title. Why not? Because he's, he's of name value. But I think those days are kind of past. And yeah, if he wants to continue, you know, I think that's fine, but he definitely needs to take, you know, a step back in, in, 
you know, his his opposition, right? I don't think he's going to be fighting number one contenders anymore. That's just not where he's at. And, and again, you know, maybe he needs to be in that that le- legends league, if it will. And like you said, Dominic Cruz doesn't seem like maybe the worst fit for him. I would even think that's still like kind of a step up in competition. But like Cruz has been well, so. Well, what's, what's Aldo up to? Let's run that Aldo fight a third time, huh? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's run it back. <laughs> Aldo looked, he looked okay at thirty five, but but yeah, I, I think it's kind of time that you know he doesn't have to keep putting in the, these hard you know, fights, fighting up and comers, you know, he needs to find guys that are kind of on a similar path that he is, um, which, you know, at 35, there's not a ton, but we'll see what they could do. But yeah, I don't know. He's, he's in a tough spot right now. That loss is going to be really tough to, to bounce back from for sure. All right. Um, that's it for this card. Um, mentioned Benil Darius got a big win on the card too. Uh, Pandoja got a nice win on the card. Um, yeah. Um, if, he came back to 55 and won against uh, Johnson. That's pretty. I'm, I was pretty impressed. I didn't see the fight at all, so I don't have no analysis. Uh, a lot of Guido on top of Michael Johnson. A lot of Guido on top of Michael Johnson. He not almost got a, to He's the he almost he almost got a choke on him too at one point there, right, Mike? If I'm, mis- I'm not mistaken, it looked like he was working that rear naked on him. All right, uh, some correct. news. Some news this past week. Uh, looks like we're getting towards um, Don, uh, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier three. Sounds like the next matchup. Which okay, I. Don't know what they're going to do with the belt still because they, they fucked that up. But I think they should just give give him the belt now. Give Dustin the belt right now. He's the champion. He's literally. Hey, well, how, how do you feel if the third fight is for the belt? I don't care. There is precedence for them just giving people belts when Ronda Rousey came to the UFC. They for gave Aldo a belt. They gave her a belt. Here you yeah. go. Here's a belt. They gave her a belt. Look, I don't care if it's for okay. the belt. I'll be honest. At, at this point, like, they, I mean, we're giving people belt championships. They gave people championship fights off of losses before, and their name wasn't Conor McGregor. So, and you know they what? Gave, if Conor, they if gave Con- made up belt. They, they had the rock give uh, people a made up belt. Look, Mark, you know what? If Conor McGregor knocks out Dustin Poirier, he deserves to be the goddamn champion. All right. Dustin Poirier is the sure. underground champion. So, whoever he fights next, whatever. Um, it looks like uh, well, we, it looks like we got a booking between Donald Cerrone and Diego Sanchez. Um, some old man fights right there, though. I think Donald might kick Diego's head into the fourth row. Uh, there's some beef apparently from the way they both left Jackson's camp. Um, they got we got ourselves a Bellator big announcement coming tomorrow. Um, they've we've Ooh. seen some pictures of Rumble in Bellator gear, and we've Maybe seen pictures of Yoel. What? Maybe it's a sort of it. Maybe it is a tournament. It's definitely a tournament. Um, we call them and, Grand Prix. Yeah, but. we're gonna do a light heavyweight Grand Prix. We got ourselves, you know, we got ourselves Yoel. We got ourselves uh, Rumble Johnson. We got Yo, ourselves two hundred five. Did they? Yeah, two hundred five. Okay, they got some. They got some other guys too. I forgot who else they signed recently, but they still got. They got Bill Davis. They got Liam McGeary. They got that guy who beat everybody up. That's Fedor's protege. You know, um, the champ. They got the champ. Yeah, I, I, uh, Nemkov. I think his name. Yeah, something like um, that. Bellator doesn't capitalize on shit, man. I was so excited when he beat up Bader, and I don't know what the fuck he's up to. Got Ryan Bader, the heavyweight champion, might want to go down. You know, Bellator. Scott Coker knows how to book one thing, folks, and that's a tournament. And he knows how to lose money because apparently they are losing money hand over fist in Bellator even before the pandemic. Um, but the Paramount Network, I have that channel. So if Bellator wants to put on fights on Thursdays, they think there's the plan. I'm in. Let's do it. Um. We got ourselves um, Miss Paige Van Zant making her debut in yep. the bell in the bare knuckle fighting championship. Mike did not go well. Um, did not go well all at right. all. Well, 
they didn't, didn't go she well didn't do, in she that. Didn't do terrible. She didn't win. She didn't do yeah. badly. She didn't do badly. Mm-hmm. And in the lead up to the fight, when you consider the fact that she's fought someone that's had like three fights in bare knuckle fighting, and on top of that, someone who was a former pro boxer had over ten pro boxing fights under her belt, and I don't give a shit what Paige Van Zandt was saying in the, po- in the in the pre-fight that she was known for her striking in the UFC. Okay, sure. Uh, I, her boxing was not the thing she was known for in the no. UFC. No, she wasn't. The deck was stacked against her right from the beginning in this fight. Mark, did you watch any of this? I saw the first three rounds, and yeah. I didn't watch anymore. So, kinda- um, first of all, that girl, uh, I forgot her name, who won. The woman who won. This um, is Brittany Hart or something? Yeah. When she oh, said, yeah. I'm not a person, I'm a fucking feeling, and you're all going to feel it tonight. <laughs> that was the top five all-time post-fight interview, first of all. Um, if they're not selling t-shirts with that on there, it's a missed opportunity. Another observation is me and Mike are watching this thing, legitimately, of course. Um, and we're looking at the crowd, and I'm like, two-thirds of these people don't have a mask on. Two-thirds of these people do not have a mask on. I'm like, where is this? And Mike goes, I'm saying Florida. And I look it up, Florida. Um, yeah, that wasn't great. Um, Shaq yeah. didn't have a mask on Shaq, Shaq was, for some reason, in the co-main event, in the corner, or like he handed the the belt to the winner. And then some other guy came in the... It's not a, it's not a ring. Whatever no. it is. Oh, Bobby, just, just to give you some... Bobby, just to give you some extra news on a uh, Shaq attack, uh, it was reported afterwards that he is interested in investing in bare knuckle fighting. Cool, good for Shaq. If he wants to waste his money, he can waste his money. Um, yeah. Chris Lieben retired after winning. I think he won um, at least. He did. Uh, came out with the red hair, got a win. But yeah, in the co-main event, Johnny Bedford lost whatever championship that was to another gentleman, and. Then someone else got in the ring and started yelling at the new champion. And it wasn't clear what was going on. There doesn't seem like they're real tight on the security at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Um, $40, by the way, folks. Come on now. Um, I'll just say it. I, I, I put some gloves on these people so there's less blood. Let's put some gloves on these people. Oh, I mean, man. Bobby, that's kind of that's, Bobby, you know, the whole Bobby, thing. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Bare knuckle fighting. Not yeah. covered knuckle fighting. Covered it's knuckle fighting. Completely different league. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I mean, Paige. I don't know. I don't. I didn't think this was the right place for her. I don't know unless they paid her a lot of money, which they did. Good for her. Four hundred k. Which? What she said was that That's right. Four hundred thousand dollars per fight. No, for that fight. Yeah. Okay. It was worth it. And what? I mean, <laughs> what I heard when she first went was that like. You know, they want to build a brand around her, you know, and it's it's less UFC, you know, your cog in the machine is like you're you're going to be a big star here. So I think it's, you know, a tumbling first start for them, you know, to to put a lot of money behind the star, which, you know, like like Mike said, we, we've seen her fight before, you know, stand up really wasn't her game. You know, she was a good mixed martial artist because, you know, she had a good grappling game. She had a good top game, you know, there's nice kicks. other aspects that she's not going to be able to utilize. Um and this was a stumbling block, you know. But, I mean, she said that she's still game. She still wants to go. If the money's right, if they're treating her right, if they're going to allow her to do other things to make more money, I think th- these are all positive things, which is unfortunate she didn't win because that was kind of... It, everything builds off of that, you know. If she loses a couple more fights, then it's kind of like, well, what's what's the point, really? You she's... Know? Uh, she, she lost four rounds. Sorry, right? Four rounds, right? 49-46 she lost? 
Yeah, which I I mean, I don't know if it's something. It didn't look that one sided. Yeah, <laughs> just looks I, I thought I thought she could have possibly won the fight. I could have seen how she she got three of the rounds, but I think more importantly for Paige, yeah, she needs to win fights if she's gonna remain in this and actually, you know, be a star. Um, but I think one of the main things that she got out of this is that if there were people, which there are a lot of people that just assume she wasn't a quote unquote real fighter and you know, like she's just an Instagram model, yo, know, like, all right, at the risk of sounding a little sexist, if you are an extremely attractive, pretty woman like Paige Van Zandt and you are willingly putting yourself into bare knuckle fighting where half of the people come out of these fights looking like roast beef on their face. Like, yeah, you don't give a shit about your looks. You're there to actually like scrap and be a fighter. That's always, honestly, I'll defend Paige here because I, that belief that she somehow wasn't a real fighter always seemed like bullshit to me. I've never thought that. I know, I know you haven't either, but like, there's been a lot of fights, Mark, with her that I'm just like, she fucking like, she fucking bit down. She was there. It wasn't going well. She got her, I never thought she was looking for ways out of fights. You know no, what I, mean, ever. I mean, yeah, she's there's tough. one thing you could always say is, yeah, she's incredibly tough. And, and I mean, that's just a sexist dumb thing to say. Like, yeah. if <laughs> you don't you don't play fight and get yeah. from the UFC, OK, because you get fucking smashed. We saw we saw CM Punk. He wanted to play fight. He thought he could. Oh, I can do this. I'll do it. And he got smashed. And rightfully so. And then, you know, he, he fought a guy who wasn't even good. and He got styled on there. Like, this is not a sport where you can just ho-hum it in and look good. You know, like you have to put fucking skill in and look at it. when Paige yeah. went up against the best, you know, she, she came up short because she's, she's not quite there. But to say she's not a fighter, she doesn't, you know, have heart yeah. or she's just doing it for for the it's like there's easier ways for, for I mean, attractive yeah, ladies to make. I know the UFC got behind, behind. I know the UFC got behind her and Sage and all that stuff. And God forbid they actually try to promote somebody, you know, yeah, actually, God forbid. But like pages, page whoop all your asses. All right. <laughs> easy all right she's fucking tough um all right um let's get to some news let's get to, let's do, we're done with the news though we got some i see actually i see last second here former bellator champion daniel strauss got arrested for aggravated assault yeah, but, not uh, the first time not the first time he's been arrested another time he got arrested with a bunch of ecstasy i remember that one okay well that um, one i'm a little look at you want to party <laughs> you want to party well, there, there, was, there was other stuff on it besides the ecstasy the ecstasy okay. just stuck out um all right the ufc's got a pay-per-view again I feel it's been three weeks. Is that right? Since we all paid $70 for Conor McGregor. Um, And some of us got shut down by the UFC shutting down their own stream, apparently. Um, (laughs) UFC 258. We mentioned it last week. This is one of those pay-per-views where the UFC is just going to be cool with ESPN giving them the equivalent of 500,000 buys. Because while I'm sure we'll do well, because at this point all the pay-per-views do pretty well, um, doesn't look like we're going to get a real giant, you know, number here because I don't see any promotion anywhere. Um, main evented by the once again booked fight between former teammates and friends Kamaro Usman and Gilbert Burns. I don't know either of their nicknames. I was going to say something and I don't know what I got from Usman. I was going to call him Marty but that seems offensive. Uh, Kamaro is the Nigerian nightmare. Nigerian oh, yeah. Gilbert is no idea. He might not have one. He might not have one. Dorinho, that's right. He's Dorinho. Um, we lost ourselves Chris Weidman and uh, Uriah Hall, which was a fight, quite frankly, a lot of people were looking forward to, a rematch of a fight they had like 10 years ago on the MMA equivalent of the Indies. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll call it was, but... 
um I, I always forget the name of it, but it's the one in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um so let's get into it. Kamaro Usman, Gilbert Burns. Um Usman got the COVID. And no, sorry, Burns got the COVID and then had to pull out the fight. And then um Jorge Masvidal, who at a time still had goodwill with the people, at this point has squandered every last bit of it, decided to, you know, see if he could take the title off of Usman on six days' notice. He didn't. Um, just got tired, quite frankly. Um, I think they were supposed to be booked another time. Yeah, it was supposed to be in December. Um, and then he, Usman got hurt. Now we got booked again for this one. Um, Usman don't lose, doesn't lose fights. Usman hasn't lost a fight since his second professional fight. Um, when he became one and one, he is 17 and one. He's on a 16 fight win streak in the UFC, like 11 wins. Most of them decisions, handful of knockouts. And a submission in there. Um, Gilbert Burns, on the other hand, Gilbert Burns has been on a tear, folks. Gilbert Burns has won six straight fights in this weight class. His last one being over the former champion, Tyron Woodley, back in May 2020. Neither of these men have fought since last last, uh, last summer. Um, we got uh, one career knockout loss for uh, Burns with two decision losses. And the one loss Usman has is by submission. Betting line for this one, Marcus. Yeah, uh, Usman obviously the favorite at uh, minus two eighty, and Burns, you know, fairly big underdog at a plus two forty. Uh, sounds like Henry Hooft will not be cornering um, whoever he's supposed to corner. I think Usman in this fight because um, of his past relationship with Burns or current. I don't know what's going on. There's some teammate shit going on here. Um, Stefan is picking either, Burns in the upset. One of them. One of them isn't. At the yeah, I don't know. Anymore, right? I don't know what's going on, to be honest. There, um, the uh, Stefan's taking Burns in the upset, per his text to me. Assuming he did that on purpose, um, yeah. though I see it. I could see it happening. Me personally, hard to pick against uh, Kamara Usman here. Um, been on a tear, lots of wins in a row. Um, bum me out going to that Trump rally. I'll be honest with you, but uh, terms of his fights, man gets what gets W's. He finds a way. I this one I'm very interested in, but I got a concern mark that it might it might go snoozy at some point. Mm-hmm. But if it stays on the feet, I think this could be really good. Still, I got Usman. What do you got? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going Usman too. It, it's always hard to to pick against um, you know a dominant champion, and that's what Usman has definitely uh, carved out for himself here. I think Burns is a really interesting matchup. I think Burns' hands have gotten really good, and I think when you're looking. For someone to foil Usman, it has to be someone that's going to bring something interesting to the stand-up game, but also someone that is going to have to negate his wrestling. And I kind of think that's where Burns is going to fail. Is you know, I think Usman is going to be able to do what he does with you know pretty much all his fights so far. Is you know, get into clinch opportunities, lean up against guys, get good head position, wear them down in the clinch, take them down, get on top of them, and the ground game will be interesting because I think you know Burns has a, has a pretty good jujitsu game. So, so I'm very much anticipating, you know, him not making it comfortable. I don't think Usman should relax when he's in this dude's guard. But otherwise, I think he's going to be able to stay on top, negate some of those submission attempts and, you know, rain down some punches, win rounds. And like you said, Bobby, it's not out of the realm of possibility at all that this could get kind of typical. You know, in the second or third round, if Usman's able to consistently get in these strong positions, get him to the ground, grind him out that way, we can kind of see what we saw with Masvidal's is like, when you can't stop this guy's machine from just running over you, 
he kind of just runs over you and he's not super interested in stopping fights necessarily. If he can control you, take you down, win rounds, he's more than happy to, to go that route to, to get the W. You know, it, it's not the most fan friendly thing in the world, but I think that's definitely an avenue he could be fishing here with Burns. Um, but like I said, I, I'm interested to see the stand up. I'm interested to see if Burns is going to be able to give him some trouble standing up, crack him, hurt him, and see how that changes Uzmar game. You know, I think Burns is is a live underdog in this one, but I think there's a reason why the line's kind I'm, of I'm, is, I'm, deep. I'm actually really interested in this one, even though I do recognize, yeah, Mark, a couple rounds in, this might take a turn. But I'm just curious how it's going to go until we get to that point. You know what I mean? Um, Mike, what, are you going to make it a split with Steph, or are you going to join us on Team Usman over here? I will not be making it a split with, uh, with Steph. As much as uh, Usman bummed me out, um, when I discovered that he is a uh, he is a trumper, um, I'm not going to let that affect my, my my judgment when it comes to whether he's going to win this fight or not. Uh, he has shown me no reason to pick against him um, since he's come into the UFC and since he's won the title. All right, three to one in favor of the Kamaro Usman keeping that 170 pound strap. I don't even know what's going on in this weight class. Like, who's next? Where are we? Like, what's even yeah. going on? I yeah, I'm with you, Bob. Like, I has, don't, has 170 been a mess for like two years, or is it just me? Like, I don't know what's going on. It seems like it. It, it seems like there's just the same guys always at the top. Like, what Thompson's still around there somewhere, maybe? Yeah. What's uh? What, what, wait, we got to book uh Mosfidal and uh Magaboy at some point. Isn't that a thing? And then both Magaboys. When was the last time? Uh, when's the last time Darren Hill fought? I think uh, is Darren Till in his weight class? Yeah, I think he moved up. He moved up to 185. He's fighting uh, Melvin Vitari. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, okay, so I like I like that fight. Melvin Vitari showed us he okay. got something going on. Yeah. Um, co-main event now is the returning Macy Barber taking on the pride of Lobo Jim, Alexa Grasso. Um, betting line for this one is slight favorite. Marcus looks like it's Alexa Grasso. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're throwing to me. Yeah, yeah, Alexa Grasso is the favorite at um, minus 130 to a slight underdog with Macy Barber being uh, plus 110. So pretty close line, but yeah, Grasso is getting the nod. Um, this is going to be awesome, uh, honestly. We got two strikers here. Macy Barber, don't give a fuck. She's throwing hands. Um, I think she'd be the clear favorite in this, Mark, if he she isn't coming off of her knee or, or tearing all her shit like seven months ago. Sorry, a year ago against Roxanne Modafferi. 13 months Roxanne ago, she tore, her knee. Rough. Yeah, she tore her knee, and it didn't go well at that point. Um, before that, really on a tear. 8-0 um, before that. Now she's 8-1. Alexa Grasso, in her last fight, um, took a win over Ji Yoon Kim. I'll honestly say I don't remember what happened at all in that one. I wish Stefan was here. Probably boxed up, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, before that, losses to, lost to Carla Esparza. Before that, a win over Carolina. She wins one, she loses one, she wins one, she loses one. If you want to follow that pattern, this is not going to go well for her tonight, uh, this weekend. I'm taking Macy Barber. Just con more consistency, even though she's coming off a loss and a knee injury, so that could sound real stupid. Steph's taking Alexa Grasso. Mike, where you at? <laughs> yeah, I'll be joining you on that pick. I'll be going with Barber as well. Yeah, she did tear all her shit last year in her loss to Roxanne, but she's like 22 years old. Um, you know, people that age tend to heal up pretty quickly. And she was on a pretty good trajectory before that fight. I mean, let's face it. If 
if she hadn't tore all her shit up, she she would have busted up Roxanne pretty something pretty fierce. Um, we know why we know why Steph picked Grasso. That, that's his girl, you know. That's his t- <laughs> well, she's the favorite in his defense. She's the actual favorite in this fight. I mean, Mark, are you going to be also picking Grasso? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's silly that we're all picking an underdog, but I, I think stylistically. Stylistically, first and foremost, this fight should be extremely fun. You know, mm. both these girls like to throw hands. Uh, Grasso a little bit more technical. Barber lets to really let the heavy leather fly. Um, I I'm hoping for fireworks. You know, and hopefully the knees not yeah. because that was really what happened in the Roxy fight. I mean, look, we all love Roxy. She's got a heart of gold and just like you know the will of a of a fucking samurai. But the skill set wasn't there, and you could you could tell that she was she was fighting a handicapped Macy Barber. Um, and if you know everything even, that fight probably wouldn't have played out the way it did. But you know, it, things happen the way they do. Um, so I, I'm expecting Barber to get in there and to be able to get in the pocket and exchange heavy blows. But I'm ex- also expecting Grasso to be able to weather those types of storms to be okay with someone that's going to put pressure on her. Um, but I am still going with Barber, and maybe it's a little silly. We're all picking you know an underdog here, but. I think there's, you know. Hey, man, we're, we're the podcast that all picked Frankie Edgar to beat Jose Aldo after Jose Aldo beat him like four rounds to one in their first fight. So we've yeah. done it before. Yeah, so. so far, so far, Steph is on the opposite side for the first two fights. This could either go really well for Steph, you know, early on in the rankings or really bad. All right, here we go, folks. We got ourselves Ian Heinlich taking on Kelvin Gastelum. We're doing this at 185 pounds. Ian Heinlich um, coming off of a win over Gerard Mearshart uh, in a minute and 15 seconds. Mearshart's a real tough guy, so that was a big win. Heinlich snapping a two-fight skid with lo- uh, losses to uh, Omari Ahmedov. Derek Brunson, he was on a bit of a run before that. He'd won uh, four, uh, five straight fights before that. Um, tw- 32 years old, coming out of Tiger Muay Thai. Which I don't know if that's Tiger Shulman's. I know Tiger Shulman's is called Tiger Shulman's, probably. I think maybe, um, maybe they rebranded. And then Kelvin Gastelum. This is the definition of buying low in Kelvin Gastelum. If you pick him in this fight, folks, three straight losses. The last one he got heel hooked by Jack uh, Dancing Jack Hermanson in a minute and eighteen fucking seconds. Um, betting line for this one, Marcus. Yeah. Um- Maybe surprisingly, uh, Gaslam's the favorite at minus 225 to um, Ian at uh, plus 185. I was a little surprised because um, the record isn't showing upward trajectory. But Yeah, I mean, Stefan's taking Ian Heinlich. I'm going to say I'm picking Kelvin Gaslam, but I think they give him the walkies, walking papers. If this is, are, if, I think this are, is a book for him to win. Are we still assuming, are, are people still looking at Kelvin Gaslam? Through the uh, rose color, rose tinted glasses of, uh, you know, him versus Adesanya and how he almost won that fight. It seems like there's, that's the thing, man. There's fights where Kelvin Gastelum looks like he could be the best fighter in the world. And then there's other fights where Kelvin Gastelum just is like, why are you in this weight class? Why don't you get down to 170 and be a real fucking contender? Come on, man. You're too good for this shit. And you're gonna you don't know what you're gonna get. And there's been a few of those in a row now. I I'm picking Kelvin Gastelum because I don't I think this is where the rubber meets the road for this man. This is the come to Jesus fight for him. And I don't think he has a job if he loses this one. Personally. I know they got seventy five cards a year, but they don't need him if he's gonna lose fights like this. Steph's got Heinlich, I got Heinlich, I got Gastelum. Mark, what about you? This is really tough. Um 
I was kind of thinking with going in that now now I'm looking at the the resume. It's not as you know as impressive. I guess I'll go with Calvin Gaslam. And and honestly, a lot of this is that line. And I'm hoping they're not doing what, what Mike's saying, where they're they're still thinking about that fight three fights ago, where he had some good moments against um, Israel, because like that seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, but I mean, he won two rounds in that fight in his defense. He did. Didn't I mean, he, hey, the, he looked good in that fight. It's just he hasn't looked good in his other fights. You know, I don't think he looked particularly good in the in the Till fight, even though it was a split. And especially his last fight, where you know uh, Jack beat him in the first round, got him in a heel hook pretty easily, quickly. Um, I'm going to go with Calvin correcting ship here against an opponent that on paper, I think he should be able to beat, but yeah, that, that record could really scream that, you know, his heart's not in the game anymore and it's kind of passing him by or could be, you know, he's just fought some tough guys. You know, Jack Hermanson's not an easy out. Um, Till is a difficult opponent. You know, a lot It's of- rare for him to get a guy on Heinlich's level, honestly, at this point, like his record. Yeah, so that, that's kind of what I'm banking on, but I think I'm not going to be surprised we come next week and it's like, man, Kelvin looked like shit again. You know, it's just that would be the trajectory we're seeing him on. I'm hoping he corrects ship. Mike, what do you think? You're muted, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, seriously, this is either going to be a great weekend for Steph <laughs> or a horrible weekend for Steph. <laughs> I'm picking Gaslam as well. Um, I've seen what his highs can be, and until he's out of the UFC, I'm gonna bet on those highs because he's still like 28 years old. He is, is still he really that young? Relatively. I'm pretty. I don't even think he's 30 yet. He was an extremely young winner of the Ultimate Fighter. Fair enough. Um. All right, last one we're picking. He Fighting is 29 years old. Fight. By the way, I missed one of the guys when we mentioned the Bellator light heavyweight tourney. They just signed Corey Anderson. So All right. They got they got they got oh, they got hard work in overtime or too much. I don't know. They they, they, they picking up those <laughs> like smelly UFC light uh, heavyweight wrestling. I mean the UFC. If you see the UFC light heavyweight division, it's like, I, there's right there. <laughs> Bellator. You mean to tell you mean to tell me Rumble Johnson? If Rumble Johnson fought. Uh, What's his name? Who's the champion? Jan Blockowitz. You'd be that surprised if, if Rumble Johnson puts Jack uh, puts a well, John, puts John a dude out. Fix the mold of my stinky wrestlers, but like yeah. the Bader's, Phil Davis, the Corey Andersons. These Man, the guys. You, I I I you did you mean to tell me uh, you don't think Ryan Bader could possibly beat uh, Jan Blockowitz? I'm not saying or, they couldn't. I'm just saying Bellator loves these stinky wrestlers. Bellator like, might have a better lightweight no. division, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting big used car sales. Like dealer from from Bellator right now. Who's <laughs> car salesman energy right now? I'm getting. He's just like, smacking the top, smacking the top of exactly. Ryan Bader. Do you know how many miles we got on this guy? <laughs> um. All right, last fight we're picking: Jimmy Rivera, Pedro Munoz fighting at 135 pounds. Quite frankly, I think TJ Dillashaw should fight the winner of this fight. Mean that honestly. That's not Pedro bad. Munoz. Pedro Munoz, two straight losses. Um, they, I mean, two straight losses. You lose to Aljamain Sterling and then you lose a split to Frankie Edgar. Not a ton of shame in that. He's not as active as you want him to be. Two fights in 2019, one fight in 2020. Understandably, there was a pandemic. Um, these guys were going to fight a few weeks ago. Um, got moved for undisclosed reasons, which I'm going to assume that means somebody got COVID and we don't want to tell me which one because I think the betting community deserves to know that. Um, Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera is another guy who does not fight enough either. 
um, fought for the first time in 2020 when he beat Cody Staman by decision. Before that, losses to Peter Yawn and Aljamain Sterling. These poor guys, both of them, have just been fighting killers. Um, Jimmy Rivera fighting out of Ramsey, New, Dr New Jersey. I'm sorry, fighting out of Manhattan, New York with Team Tiger Shulman from Ramsey, New Jersey. Pedro Munoz, on the other hand, uh, from Sao Paulo, Brazil, training out of American Top Team, apparently. But he is his nickname is the Young Punisher, which is heavily influencing my opinion right now of who to pick. The betting line for this one, Marcus? Yeah, we got uh, Jimmy Rivera is the favorite at minus uh, 145, and Pedro is the underdog at 125. So not, not a huge line, but... Yeah, a betting community probably putting their hands up saying like, okay. One this is a rematch too. Yes, they these guys are running it back. Um, their first matchup took place back 15. in November 2015 on the Belfort versus Henderson 3 card in Sao Paulo, where Pedro Munoz managed to lose a split, Brazil, split decision while in Brazil, which means he probably actually lost two of those rounds for sure. Um, Marcus, who you got? Yeah, um, I am going with Jimmy Rivera. Um, there is the, you could look at, they fought before he won that fight. And, and a lot of it for me just came down looking at the resume. Um, you know, he does have a couple of recent losses, but like you said, like these are pretty much the best guys in division. Like literally the guys that are going to fight for the belt, right? It was Peter, wasn't it Peter Yan and uh, Al Sterling? Yeah. Um, and then before that, uh, Marlon Moraes, who, you know, he was definitely, you know, a contender. So, He's only lost to the cream of the crop and beaten some of the best guys, too. So I think he's going to be able to get it done. This is a, a tough matchup. I think the line's accurate in having, you know, the slight edge to him because they, they faced before. But, yeah, I, th I think it should be a good match. I mean, th these are two guys that really like to go in there and uh, give it their all. So I'm expecting some fireworks. But, yeah, I got Jimmy winning this one. Steph's got Jimmy Rivera also. I'll take Jimmy Rivera, too, though I almost hesitated now because I saw Pedro Munoz got a win over Rob Font. That's a big goddamn win. Um, I'm still going Jimmy Rivera. Um, just in case Stefan's been right this whole time. I got to get one with him at that point. Also, he's the favorite. Mike, who do you got? Uh, this is going to be our only sweep for this card. I cannot pick against the New York City boy. Well, in this case, he's from Jersey. At least he trains out of Manhattan. And how many MMA gyms, like major MMA gyms are in Manhattan? It's got to be like one, right? I think it's like Enzo. I think Henzo's got a gym, but I thought MMA is just like the jujitsu yes, part, right? It's, yeah, yeah. Henzo got you know got Dana her Dana her up there and GSP sometimes and whatever. one thing one one interesting fact about Henzo's gym, the one on like thirty fifth Street on the West Side. Um, our friend Phil, he used to work document review with this guy. He used to go to Henzo's gym, and he would go to the early morning class. That's at like six a.m. so that he could get there before work. Mm -hmm. And his friend used to tell him that all of the Brazilian supermodels would go to that early morning class. So, Mike, when are you joining Henzo Gracie's gym? It, did you hear the part where I said it was a 6 a.m. class? I don't care who the hell is there. I'm not waking up for a 6 a.m. class. Fair enough. Um, also on this card, um, an opening fight between Pat Mackey Paulo and Julian Marquez. If you don't know who those people are, Wikipedia doesn't either. At least one of them. Um, Jim Miller, Bobby Green on the undercard. I think that's happened before. It feels, it sounds like a fight that's happened. I mean, definitely seems like it could have happened. I don't know if it did, though. 
That sounds like a good fight to watch, though. Bilal Muhammad, Diego Lima is another one that's pretty solid. Um, if you got, uh, you know, you got Ricky Simon on the on the early prelims. Um, Andre Ewell versus Chris Gutierrez, a late fight announced. Andre Ewell was was gonna fight actually last weekend, Marcus. He was gonna be the one to try to step in for uh, and take on Cody's demand. Gotcha. Didn't work out apparently. Nice for him to get a fight though. He's there, 140 pounds, so mm. nice catch weight for him and Gutierrez. Both getting uh some fights in there. Um, Bellator's announcement is until tomorrow. I'm really working under the assumption that we're booking a tournament because what else are they going to say? That's kind of what they do. I mean, like you said, they have a thick enough roster to do it, and that's kind of what they do. So, yeah, I'm into it, man. If they want to do it, I'm into it. I want to see Nemkov. I'm here to see Nemkov fight. I'll be honest. Uh, give me more fights with Nemkov. I don't know what he's up to. Put him on some things I can see. If he's out fighting in Russia, someone let me know how to watch these things because he beat Ryan Bader's ass. It's great. He did. Um, yeah, um, I think that's it. I don't think we got, I mean, I, I'm reading a story here, by the way, how Khabib said he told Dana White, I'm definitely out. And Dana White still said he wants to talk to him again in February, which Dana White, man, persistent, man. Yeah, like, let's, persistent. let's come back off. Let, let the dude get bored without you sniffing his jock strap, and maybe he'll be interested, you know? But if you keep going, like, oh, we, we're giving you all this attention, he's going to be like, oh, I don't need to fight. So, yeah, give, give him some yeah. space. Give him some space. Um, all right, let's do stuff we like. Um, Let's see what I got. I uh, I turned 35 years old on a Friday. Happy belated birthday, by the way. <laughs> oh, you, you told me on the day. Thank you, though. Uh, still. One member of the podcast still has not. One member of the podcast has still has not. <laughs> Was it me? <laughs> no, no. You told me first, actually. I appreciated it. Um, so um, getting old. But, you know, I ate some. My brother bought me roundtable pizza. Which, if people aren't from California, no, that is a $40 pizza. That is <laughs> that is a $40 goddamn pizza. It, well, the thing that makes it so awful is that it's, like, worth $40. And it's like, so good. Really? It is so good. <laughs> Wait, it's is just, that $40 for, like, just the cheese pizza? Or, no, or I like, think we got, we, got a, we got, like, a specialty pizza. I think I think it came out to, like, $44 bucks all said and done. We, like, we got, like, a half uh, combination, half some shit with pineapples just to make people angry. I'm, I'm saying that. Um, never thought they, they eat pepperoni. And, the people that get pissed about that don't listen to this. Yes, yeah, people don't care. We'll call it flatbread if it makes you guys happy. All right. Um, by the way, if you're in the Bay Area, if you're in California, and you're like, man, I can't afford these roundtable prices. You get Mountain Mike's, and it's not as good, but it's still pretty good. That's the other chain pizza I fuck with personally. You're you're all better than Pizza Hut, and Roundtable has got stuff for us too. Anyway. Now we're just talking pizza. Sorry. Um, anyway, yeah, turned 35, played some uh, played some Uno with Mike, uh, played a little Civilization this weekend. Um, Civilization becomes a really interesting game when you have formed an alliance with literally every, every other country in the game. You start developing computers and nuclear technology in the mid-1700s. That's what's happening in our game there. Civilization, very good. Just don't Yeah. are those nukes. You can learn about nuclear fusion. But I, uh, for me, I got a lot of stuff that's already like been out there. Like I, pl- I, I, I finished watching Pushing Daisies, the two seasons that are on HBO Max. I still strongly recommend the show, HBO, uh, show of Pushing Daisies. One of my favorite shows that got canceled uh, too early, only got two seasons, total of 20 two episodes i want to say maybe something like that um just a great great show um i played the shit out of spider-man yesterday nice i got i got every single uh picture whatever of all the buildings mm-hmm. i did all that i got all the backpacks oh. um sweeping so up. i got 
yeah, um, I got stuck in a level and I couldn't figure it out for like a good 40 minutes, which is <laughs> fun. <laughs> um, I was playing and my, both my parents came in because I've been quarantining with them past month or two. Um, and my, my dad's just like, wow, this looks ridiculously good. And then he was like, show me the, you know, he's like, show me the Chrysler building. I went to the Chrysler building. I went to the Empire State building. Um, and then I went to the, go to the New World Trade Center and he's like, he's like, that's not what it looks like. And I'm like, yeah, apparently you can't. Um, the building was built after 1990. It's covered by the Architectural Copyright Act of 1990. And you got to pay people if you want to put their building in the game. Wow, so, really? It's my understanding. Yeah, that's why that they don't have the accurate Freedom Tower, One World Trade Center, whatever's the name, you know, wow. there. That's why you don't really see the Oculus either. But. Wow! You know, yeah, I didn't think about that. I was trying. I, I was gonna. I, I was trying to find my friend Hillary's apartment building. They did not have it. She was pretty upset. Mike, is your apartment building in the game? Well, it was built in the 1960s, so conceivably it should be there. Well, I mean, in her case, it was more so the they don't have every single street. Like it went from like 63rd yeah. to 67th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Have you looked to see? If, you, that's what I would do in these games. You didn't look to see if your city, if your apartments in the game. Nah, man, I was I was uh, I was too busy, you know, saving Manhattan. Fair enough. I am a. Uh, I don't entirely know what I'm doing with this game. I've realized because it's like there's a lot going on between suits and you know this move and that move and crafting this and that. But uh, I've once you get the timing of how to fight, it becomes a lot. Like you just pretty much timing dodges the whole yeah. time when you're Spider Man, um, and just avoiding the big motherfuckers. Those are the those are the problem. Those big dudes. That game's awesome. Um, is the Miles Morales game just for PS5 or is it for PS4 also? PS4. I played it on PS4. All right. So I got to beat this game so I can get that one. Yeah, that one's great too. Is it a standalone or is it an add-on? It's uh, standalone. Okay. How much is it? I have Spider-Man, so it wouldn't matter either way. No, I know. I don't know if it was like a 20-buck add-on or like a 40-buck game or something. Kind of a lot, but it was it was worth it. And it's short too. It's not nearly as long as the... Um, I'm at the part in the game where the Miles' dad is getting some sort of uh, oh. a commendation. Oh. I'm at 40-some-odd percent completion, I think mostly because of the uh, side stuff I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I, I left that stuff to sprinkle in on the back end because I was like, I'm going to be going around the city for a while. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I did all of that. I, I made sure to do all the side stuff before I finished the actual story of the game because not, for me, as soon as I finish the story of a game, I'm not playing that shit again. I started looking for pigeons. That was the pigeons are a pain in the ass, man. Trying to find pigeons, like I, I am not that adept with my movement, to be honest. Like, there's the other side missions where you're chasing Catwoman, I think, or not the Catwoman, Black Cat, mm -hmm. whatever. Anything where I gotta like do something fast. It's not gonna go well yeah. for me in these games, is what I realized. Yeah, but it's I mean, you guys both you guys all told me how awesome the game is. I'm actually playing it now. So maybe I'll play Red Dead when I'm done with this. So I brought that home with me. I brought I went and got my PlayStation. Long story short. So that's what I uh that's what I did, and I watched WandaVision and I really enjoyed it. Uh, Mike, what do you got this week? Yeah, uh WandaVision is starting to heat up. I can't wait until the season is actually done so that we can actually talk about it since we have a bit of a moratorium on that. Mm. A few things for me this week. Um, about three years later, I have finally watched uh, Daredevil Season 3. Mm -hmm. um, newsflash, guys. It's very good. I'm actually very sad that there's not going to be a, a Season 4. But also excited that Charlie Cox was seen on the set of the spider-man movie so looks like they'll finally meld the uh well re reintegrate the uh 
Marvel TV universe with the cinematic universe. I got so a question. that's pretty good. I got a question. Are those shows going to leave Netflix anytime soon? Or is this like, eventually I'd like to finish Punisher season two, possibly uh, Jessica Jones season two. So to, to probably not Iron Fist season two. <laughs> So to answer your question, um, those are Netflix shows. If Disney wants to negotiate to, I guess, buy the properties off of Netflix to bring them onto Disney Plus, that's what they could do. But those, like those particular seasons, they're staying on Netflix unless something were to change. Um, what they could do is that if they wanted to continue on on a subsequent season with those particular shows, they could do it on Disney plus, but with the state of, you know, contracts and, and all of that, I think it'd be pretty hard to get all of the principal cast, you know, back after, you know, two, three years. Um, in these cases, who knows what these other people are doing at this point, man, Jessica Jones season one was so good. And then season two, uh, was not dig. Crapola. I just, I didn't fin. I just didn't care about where it was going. Um, I, I was sad that, like I was sad, obviously, that Daredevil didn't come back. Luke Cage, I enjoyed. Iron Fist, the second season of Iron Fist was, at least in my opinion, much better than the first season of Iron Fist. And I was actually interested to see what they were going to do with the third season. I watched a couple episodes of the second season of Iron Fist thinking, this is definitely better. I don't know if I care, though. And honestly, all those shows kept coming so often, I think I just stopped eventually. Like, I was good. Like at a certain point, I'm like, all right, we're, we're I'm fine. I've gotten everything I'm going to get out of this. Uh, Marcus, what do you got this week? Nothing else, Mike. Oh uh, yeah, one other thing. Oh my god, that's all good. I started watching the Tiger documentary on mm-hmm. HBO Max. It's it's really fucking good. Uh, it's two episodes. Each of them is an hour and a half long, and it essentially is just detailing how you know. You can bring a man up so high, and sure, because of his own faults. I mean, he did. He was he was an adulterer, and you know he did cheat on his wife. But you know he got brought low, brought down pretty low. Um, you know, as, as a result of his indiscretions. You know, Tiger didn't kill anybody. He didn't abuse anybody. He didn't do anything illegal, and he was just you know vilified in, in the media. As, as I got a real, I got a real clear memory for some reason of you and me the day after Thanksgiving in Syracuse. One of the times we didn't go anywhere, and we're at like a Best Buy on like Black Friday or something, and there's like a TV on talking about the Tiger Woods thing, and you and me are just like, yo, his wife whooped his ass, right? And we're all <laughs> like, no one had said it yet. Where you're like, yeah, man, his wife whooped his ass is what happened. <laughs> like no, and I think our friend Kylie was like, no, nah, I don't know. We're like, no. They're not saying it, but what happened here was his wife whooped his ass. And sure enough, sure <laughs> enough, she took one of his very prized golf clubs and put it right upside his head. Oof. Um, I got one more, but I'll wait for Mark to go after, after that. Go ahead, Marcus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a pretty light week. Um, mostly on the gaming front, I haven't... There has not been a lot of new stuff coming out that has really been tickling my fancy. So I've been messing with that uh, MVSX machine. I got my stand. The Halo team came out with the Capcom Play System hacks. I got a bunch of Capcom games on there. So I've been playing through a bunch of Street Fighter Alpha games and really just been super enjoying that. Um, outside of that stuff, you know, you were 
WandaVisions and whatnot. Um, I have been watching. I have Giant Bomb is a video game website. They have a premium subscription I bought a year ago where they have like exclusive videos. Um, and Bob, you don't, and Mike, I don't think you do, but like you don't listen to any of the WWE podcast, right? I probably I listen to one of them. Okay, I I listen to the New Day podcast. I doubt. Dan Riker is on that or has Dan Riker is the producer and he talks to the guys throughout the New Day podcast. Oh, he does. Okay. So yeah, he's a funny guy. <laughs> Dan Riker is that's mostly what I'm going to talk about this week is that I really like Dan Riker and I've known about him for a while. He is like he's the uh, what's that that stupid beer commercial with the guy that was like the gentleman Dos Equis. He's like the Dos Equis mm-hmm. man for like stupid geeky shit. Like he's do- he got married in a Taco Bell. He got he got married. <laughs> Bell. They're running a Taco Bell married promotion, and he went for it. Um, and so basically, um, I've been watching this series where he's going through playing the Metal Gear Solid franchise with one of these other giant bomb uh, personalities, and it's been really fun because he's just such a weird. He's he's just such a weird guy, and on his YouTube channel, which he's he's he went back to uh, eventually after he left Giant Bomb, he went on to WWE podcast producer, and he's also doing more stuff on YouTube. And he put on his YouTube channel, I guess he auditioned, and Mike, you might know this show. I think it's called Beauty and the Geek. It was probably like a, over a decade ago, probably like 15 years ago. So yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, he, I like that one Mike, Mark assumed Mike knew about the show, and Mike, in fact, did know about the show. Really, we all, we all know each other quite well on this podcast, guys. <laughs> but anyways, he puts out his audition tape for beauty and the geek and i mean mostly it would be kind of sad if you knew like this guy doesn't actually like get his life together he finds a wife and he doesn't he's not this pathetic loser for his entire life but one of the funniest things the thing that fucking killed me on this he's talking about how he's very unathletic he talked about when he was in middle school he played two seasons of basketball and he only made three bat he only made three points the whole two seasons because his coach would put him in to do the three throws after any time someone got uh, fouled he would throw dan in because he's like this kid's gonna make one eventually just by process of elimination he'll eventually make some points but then he talks about so because he's so bad at basketball now it's a tradition that anytime he goes home he would play against his 12 year old sister which he has yet to beat <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> it's impossible this guy's in his 20s dude he's like oh, he's feet tall just by process of elimination but he shows you some footage and with the footage, you clearly see, oh, no, he's incapable of beating it, this 12-year-old girl. She's schooling him. And the best part is he, like, shoots, like, a layup, and he misses it. And she's going after the ball. And you can tell he's trying. Like, he is, he's not giving up. Like, he's trying to beat her. He's trying to run around her. And he's so unathletic, he trips over his own feet. His shoe falls off, and he just face plants. And it's just like, okay, I get it. Yeah, you can't be a 12-year-old girl because you're really that bad. Um, but, I mean, you know, he like Bob said, he's a really funny guy. Um, he has a great sense of humor. He's just like this really weird, eclectic guy that has just has gone through most of his life not experiencing the basic things like we've experienced. Like, another video on his YouTube channel is... Uh, I'm making a grilled cheese sandwich for the first time in my life at 36. And it's just like, I don't know how you've survived this long without making a grilled cheese sandwich when you're 36 year old. But that's just, that's just the kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. had a, they had a, they had a podcast. That's, they had a podcast. That's, that's, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Bobby, but I feel like we need to meander around this grilled cheese thing for a second. Like who amongst us has not been, you know, maybe a little popped on the, on their paycheck or just too lazy to go to the quarter store and get, you know, some groceries and you look in the fridge, you know, you're hungry 
and you just see some bread and some cheese and like yo fuck it i guess i'll make it a grilled cheese 36 years it took this man 36 years to get I, to that I, point yo, you know what I, my 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 mom made me zero grilled cheeses growing up i am a child of immigrants he's not by the way, so he has no excuse. But <laughs> he's also like kind of like a picky eater, and I think he likes cheese. He likes bread. Never happened. I don't know. I haven't watched that video yet. I'm I'm looking forward. They had an entire episode of the New Day podcast where they talked about bathroom trials and tribulations, and he had some wonderful stories about how his dad constantly has shit his pants on accident, just living his life. I mean, <laughs> I you know, knowing that he's now on the New Gate. New Day podcast. It does make me want to listen to it more because I've been meaning to. Dude, I know it's fantastic, but now that I know Dan's on there to to add in his stupid hijinks. I think that makes it all the better. Dude, New Day podcast is not about wrestling on any level. It's really just a New Day podcast. Every week, Biggie complains about the fact that they took his last name away, and he said he complains that a bunch of colonizers took his last name away. <laughs> Every week, he says colonizers took my last name, and now he's a man that's lost a name without a, a man without a family, and people used to salute him. With his strong last name. And now he's got nothing. He's just Big E. Um, then they just bullshit for another 45 minutes. That's the show. Um, actually, I had a two podcasts to mention. One of them is, I wanted to ask Mark, are you familiar with Funhouse or Rooster Teeth? Very much. Yeah. I've been okay. Do you know Jay? Do you know James Williams? Yeah. Uh, Elise Williams, his wife, used to be at Game Trailers, who then became Easy Allies. I love Elise. And, and James is also awesome. They actually had a bunch of, when I first started watching them, they had a bunch of other people that have left, and that was kind of like a new guard coming in. And it's still good. We, Me and Christine watch it every day. So um, James Williams, uh, I guess Funhouse and AEW came together to make a podcast. Right. He was on the uh, first episode, right? It's, oh, it's his show. It's oh, him and... Okay. It's him that. and... Uh, it's James Williams from is it Funhouse is part of Rooster Teeth is how it works, yeah, right? Exactly. It's like the video game arm. And then Scorpio Sky of uh I mean people who watch wrestling know who Scorpio Sky is from SCU. Um they have a show they do every week called Wrestling it's called Wrestling with the Week. And it's kind of just them bullshitting. Like James mostly talks about like video games and stuff, and Scorpio will talk about like some wrestling stuff. They'll talk about AEW, talk gay video game news, and just you know. It's not bad. I've done a couple episodes. It's very like it's not. It's it's real. Like everything's above the surface. It's not a lot of in depth shit. Quite frankly, right. like if you're really into video games or really into wrestling and you're coming for that, you're like, I'm not getting what I want out of this necessarily. It's mostly um just like you enjoy these personalities, right? Yeah. So um another one, another podcast I listen to. I listen to the the Kurt Angle show today. Kurt Angle's got a podcast. Sure. Um. So this one guy I mentioned before, Conrad Thompson, has got like six wrestling podcasts now. He got one with Eric Bischoff. He got one with JR. He got one with Arn Anderson. He got one with Tony Schiavone. And he got one with Kurt Angle and one with Bruce Pritchard. And it's pretty much they just pick a topic and then they'll talk about it for an hour, two, three, if it's a really long, complicated thing. And with Kurt Angle, and I'm bringing this up because um, I know Marcus would, be inter- Marcus would be interested in this. They're talking about WrestleMania 19, which was when Kurt Angle wrestled Brock Lesnar. And if anybody right. remembers what happened in that match, Brock Lesnar went for the shooting star press, um, and it didn't go well. Um, I don't know how to describe the shooting star press, but I guess reverse somersault, maybe. I don't know what I don't know how, what you call a it's shooting like star press. Inverted backflip, <laughs> like yeah. a moonsault is what you think a normal backflip is, and the moonsault is like when you do it when you go forward and do a backflip. Yeah, if you jump off, isn't you an jump inverted off a backflip just a front flip? So, okay, imagine you're jumping off of a diving board. You Instead of flipping your head down, you whip your legs up over you. That's what you're trying to do, completely. Long story short, Google gotcha. Shooting Star Press with Brock Lesnar. You're going to know what we're talking about here. 
Brock Lesnar, um, this was two, 19, WrestleMania 19. That's got to be 2003. So Brock Lesnar's like 25. Brock Lesnar hit the <laughs> pro wrestling scene hotter than any human being in history, honestly. Like, nobody, like, the man showed up, won King of the Ring, and like two months later, then won the world championship two months after that over The Rock. Like, Kurt, like nobody, Brock Lesnar was the most made for pro wrestler Vince McMahon has ever seen. Um, it's the reason he's still booking him to win 20 years later. So, um, but Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar had a match, and Brock Lesnar could do this move, which for a man who was 300 pounds at the time, at least, was fucking absurd, honestly. Marcus, we'd only seen anybody do a shooting star press who was, like, tiny. Yeah. Um, so apparently, doing the shooting star press at WrestleMania, not Brock Lesnar's idea. <laughs> Kurt Angle was like, hey, you're about to beat me. It's WrestleMania. Let's let's end this show with the bang. Why don't you hit me with the shooting star press? And Brock's like, I don't know about that, Kurt. And Kurt's like, no, it's great. You could do it. I've seen you do it a bunch of times. <laughs> Brock Lesnar lands on top of his head. And if he wasn't so jacked, probably breaks his neck easily, if not dies. Wakes up, gets up, looks like he's about two inches shorter. Doesn't know where he is. <laughs> Kurt Angle has to tell him, can you hit me with your F5, the finisher? And Brock Lesnar goes, I hope so. <laughs> Brock Lesnar hits him with the F5, pins him, wins the match, you know. And I guess afterwards, Brock was supposed to pick Kurt up and give him a hug to be like, hey, we're friends now. Uh, Shine of respect. And Kurt's like, I'm laying there. And Brock's on the other side, doesn't know what day it is. And I'm telling the referee, go get Brock. We got to do this thing. And the referee just goes back and says, Brock's not moving. So Kurt Angle has to get up himself and go hug Brock Lesnar to be like, um, Hey man, you know, uh, respect and stuff. Now, now, uh, in, in, in fairness to Brock, I mean, in fairness to Kurt, mm. he had been hitting that move like before, right? Yeah, so he had hit it on the main roster. He just missed. He got he slipped off the top rope. Perspiration, three hours of wrestling, you know. And uh, Kurt Angle actually went into that match with a broken neck because that's just the way Kurt Angle is, um, which really started a nice cycle of Vicodin addiction. Um, Kurt Angle's an interesting guy, and I'm interested in this format just because he's not really holding back. And, you know, he talked about how he used to travel with Brock, and, you know, Brock hated traveling so much he bought a fucking plane, and his pilot lived in his uh, basement, which seems a little cruel for the pilot, <laughs> to be honest. I'm just looking forward to Brock Lesnar stories. It was a good show. It was a good podcast, though. Um, and, yeah, I've been listening to that, and I've been listening to a lot of Slow Burn, which I've talked about before. Um, learning about David Duke. White supremacist. Really balancing out the stuff I listen to. Anyway, that was a lot of stuff this week. Uh, and then, you know, we'll be back next week. Um, we're going to see if there's a new welterweight champion. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we have another card because there's another card every goddamn week. Machine um, full gear now. Say that again, I'm sorry? The machine's in full gear. Yeah, it's yeah exactly. Gear. Blades and Lewis. Um, is Andre Arlovsky fighting on this card? He is. Um, I don't know how much I can trust Google's fight cards, to be honest, because it doesn't look like they're updating them that uh, that quickly. The card isn't super great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this one's uh, February 20th from the Apex. I like the ones on Wikipedia where they have a bunch of announced bouts and only two like actual yeah. booked bouts. Um, and then a week after that, we got that Biggie Boy Gane fight. Look, we got a bunch of cards coming up that if they put them into one card, it would have been a really nice fight night. But instead, it's, you know, right. we'll be talking about one, two fights. Yeah. My brother asked me if I know if I know more 
about MMA than 99% of MMA fans? And I said, no. Um, and he didn't even talk like skill, like, you know, about like the fighting style, like, like, you know, about like who's winning and fighters and stuff. And the answer is absolutely no, because we're not like that anyway. I'm huh, Marcus. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you look at the landscape. There's probably a lot of idiots that don't know anything. Do you count them, or is it just the hardcores? I mean, look, it, it's kind of ninety nine percent, man. Yeah, I'm talking. You know, it's a yeah, we're not we we're do, not we we do it. outside of the UFC. Bellator barely makes a blimp, right? So, I mean, yeah. was it World League hardly here. UFC, PFL, legacy. Well, you know what? In fairness, yeah, uh, yeah. You know um, anyway, something. Anyway, we're going to be back next week, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. I was Dr. Law. That was Lavender Gooms. And that was DJ Mark. Thank you all so much for listening. Mask up. Stay safe. Get the vaccine. And GME mm -hmm. to the fucking moon. Peace out. That's right. <laughs> Peace.